welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And today, just today, just in this moment, it is such a treat to be here. Welcome. Okay, for those, we're welcoming Siddharth Anantaram, but affectionately known completely and wholeheartedly and solely as Sid. Sid, how are you, brother? Very, very well, Amrit. It's such a pleasure to be here on this, uh, in this conversation with you. Uh, conversations with brothers are always amazing. Amrit, <laughs> you is just incredible. <laughs> Keep me humble, bro. But for those tuning in, you're about to find out why this means so much to Sid. Sid is someone who will smile at you even if you don't smile back at him, as he puts it. And this is where we first connected because uh, I can't help but smile sometimes and we were just bouncing off each other. He says, in a world where people are trying to be interesting, he believes in being interested, which I really relate to because a little hack, if you're trying to be inspiring, just remain inspired, right? So he loves having meaningful conversations to connect deeply with people and unravel their stories and understand their unique perspectives about life. And he founded Life Circles with an objective that is basically to help people build more meaningful relationships with themselves and their closest friends, their closest circles. At Life Circles, Sid, he hosts retreats, experiences, and games to help people express themselves freely, shed their mental weight, and live a lighter life. He believes that having conversations that matter, seeking diverse perspectives, and building more meaningful relationships has the power to change both our internal and external worlds. Love that. He's the business head of Mindvalley's Global School of Coaches, Evercoach. He also regularly hosts some of the biggest events on the Mindvalley stage. He has an epic presence. Uh, which includes Mind Valley University and the Evercoach Summit. He loves adventure. And uh, now we're going to have to kick him off the episode because he is a diehard Manchester United fan. <laughs> Welcome, brother. How are you? Very, very well. I'm, I'm so sorry. I think I lost connection in the middle. Yeah, no, that's all good. I was just praising you. So <laughs> it's probably good. This way, this way you stay humble. <laughs> so massive, 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 massive kudos to having you here today. Really thrilled. And the thing that sparked the interest in um, us having this conversation was recently you held a life circles in India and the like the feedback has been amazing. Like just the, the experience that people had like was just some of my closest friends went and it was just incredible for them, right? And so the conversation that they came back having with me was the conversation around connection. And they're like, just connection, like what? Like we have some challenges with it. There are some really good things going on. You know, the art of human connection, um, the art of having conversations, two things that are really poignant. I know conversations are real big thing for you. I know I connect through conversation a lot and this means a lot to me, um, the podcast in this space. But fundamentally, what inspired this particular life circle right? Because there's always a theme from what I understand to be around connection. What inspired that as a nugget? Sure. So there are two levels of uh, answers that I want to give to that. And, and I think the first one is what sparked life circles as a, as a thought or a concept in itself. Right. And then what's really sparked this particular life circle and, and what we designed it around. Right. So, yeah. so just a backstory around life circles itself. Life circles started off as most other ideas. It started off just as, as a personal need between me and two of my closest best friends, uh, people who I've known for almost 10 years at this point, uh, who I pretty much have uh, met in college 10 years back and who I've moved cities with, who I work with uh, right now, who I live with. And um, what we realized, uh, interestingly, like about a year and a half back, uh, was even though we've known each other for 10 years, there was so much that we didn't know about each other. And, and um, there was so much that we 
we had held within ourselves about each other. There was so much that was unspoken, that was unsaid. And uh, this was often causing a lot of strains within our friendship and our relationship. And, and, and so um, one fine day, we just decided three of us saying, hey, let's talk this out. Let's have a conversation about the things that really matters to each one of us uh, and discuss what really matters to us in our friendship and us as individuals. Uh, and this started off as a one or two hour conversation. It ended up being like an eight or nine hour conversation spread out over like two days. Two days. And that's when we realized there's so much that, that, is, that each one of us holds within us that often that we don't openly share with someone else, even the people closest to us. In fact, the, actually with the people most closest to us because we feel there's this fear of judgment, there's this fear of rejection, there's this fear that the other person just won't understand you. And, and so um, that sparked, that one conversation changed the course of our friendship between the three of us because we suddenly felt that the other person now understands each other so much more. And that's when we realized, hey, if, if a conversation like this, if authentic conversations like these, where we talk about the things that truly matters to each one of us can change of a decade-long friendship, uh, what could it do to the world? People in the world come together and have conversations which are honest, vulnerable, and really speak to the essence of who they are. And so that's when life circles really hard. Uh, so we experiment with friends and family. And then when that worked as well, we started inviting strangers. And so uh, this last life circle was designed. Each life circle is designed around what we call a burning question. Mm. And a burning question is something that, uh, that we hear in our conversations with people. Uh, it shows up in um, you know, everyday conversations. It shows up as problems. It shows up, shows up as struggles. Uh, but it's hidden. You know, so you don't really... Uh, everyone doesn't really talk about it, but there's this undercurrent which you feel, and that's what we pick on to design every life circle. Right. And so the undercurrent that we were really feeling for this last one, which we held in Kasoli, was um, a lot of people we were having conversations with were having troubles with two things. One is disconnecting from the world to really authentically reconnecting with themselves. Everyone was looking really to say, Hey, I know connection is important, but we live in such a hyper-connected world, yet we are not so hyper-connected with ourselves. Mm. And so how do we really go about doing that? Um, so that was one of the things that stood out. And the second thing that stood out was a lot of people confusing being alone with being lonely mm. and, and feeling that being alone would actually make them lonelier. Whereas if you really think about it, being alone is what they were really looking for to authentically reconnect yeah. to themselves. This is a very and good distinction. Exactly. And, and so these are the two ideas that fed into us saying, hey, how can we create a space where we bring together a small group of people, which is what Life Circles always is, small intimate groups of people, and create a space for us to ask this question to ourselves, which is how do we consciously disconnect in order to authentically reconnect with ourselves? both individually, but also together with a small, safe group of people. And so that's what inspired the last life circles. And uh, we went into a four-day experience where we went through a series of exercises, fun activities, games, conversations, all designed to spark depth into this, this question and to really ask ourselves what disconnection really means for us and what reconnection really means for us and how can, how can 
we design a disconnection and reconnection um, routine for each one of us that serves us in the long run, that we can go back to every time we're having a bad day. What are those things that we need to remind ourselves about ourselves that uh, contributes to our overall well-being? And, you know, one of the things that we designed during this experience was something I called a first aid kit for our soul, <laughs> which is basically a, 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 a first aid kit that helps our overall well-being. On those days when we are all feeling shitty and down, how can we have those 10 things that can, we, we can look forward to, to doing, to reminding ourselves about that gets us back up. And that is conversation, is conversation in the kit? hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. This is my kind of kit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what it was about. Amazing brother. Amazing. So let me ask you, uh, I've got a couple of questions. The first one being, Let's go straight into it because it's you and me and we can go super deep. What were some of the biggest takeaways from the conversations? Because obviously a conversation, like I've got questions around the format. Like how do you set up a format of a conversation? Like, because there's all these people and I know in myself, like I talk a lot. Hence, I've got a podcast, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's like this whole concept of how does everybody, do you, do you invite everybody to share equally, like format wise? Or like how do, how do you sort of, monitor or guide a conversation or is it just everybody's present and free for all? Is there a bit of a format that you encourage people to, to adhere to? Or? Sure. So um, again, a little bit more context into this. So conversation is something I've been studying for a while. It's the mm. one thing that I, I personally have a belief that meaningful conversations literally can change our world, both our internal world and our external world. Yep. And, and, and so uh, um, it, it's been the one thing that I've been most curious about studying and learning about. And one of the things I've realized is that there are three ingredients to making any conversation meaningful. So if mm. you're to cook a meaningful conversation, yeah. literally there are three ingredients that I've seen that consistently adds meaning to any meaningful conversation you want to have. Yeah. And, and then the first one is, is vulnerability. And, and vulnerability is something that is often spoken about and, and so highly discussed. But I went deep into understanding what it really means. And I think one of the biggest things I've realized uh, about meaningful conversations when it comes to vulnerability is entering a conversation, not knowing the outcome. Boom. So you don't, enter, that. You, don't you enter the conversation not knowing where it's going to lead, but you still enter it and, and are willing to express all your thoughts and emotions as openly and as candidly as possible. And taking the risk to do that and to deal with that uncertainty is what I believe vulnerability really is. Uncertainty to not just express what you're, what you're thinking, but also really express what you're feeling yeah. without knowing the outcome. I love the depth so to which that. you're speaking to because even like in the art of conversation, people wouldn't see conversation as a risk, but you're legitimately flagging it as a risk. Like you're going into uncertainty. The depth of that is poignant, brother. I love that. Thank you. And um, the other thing that is that I've noticed consistently is honesty. Mm. And this seems obvious, but um, one of the biggest things I'm realizing, Amrit, is that meaningful conversations require a level of honesty that is honesty both to understand and be understood. And, and why I feel this is more and more important today is that I feel a lot of us do not have those conversations that really matter to us with the people who really matter to us simply because we feel at the back of our head somewhere we feel that by being really honest 
they're going to hurt that person. Yeah. And and that fear of hurting the other person and getting hurt in the process and having to deal with those emotions is what keeps us from being completely honest. Mm. But some of the most meaningful conversations we have and the ones that we truly treasure are ones where we are blatantly honest, where we're willing to express all of ourselves as honestly as possible, knowing that it might hurt the other person, but still we're willing to do it anyway. Mm. And, and, and that's the second element of any conversation I've seen. Uh, that really, really adds meaning. And the last and the most important one, actually, which for me has changed the game for me, is really realizing that when when people are having a conversation, we are all wearing a pair of glasses, like uh-huh. just like I'm wearing right now, right? Yeah. We're all looking at the world through a pair of lenses, and yeah. and a conversation really is the simplest way for us to like exchange our pair of glasses yeah. with someone else and. And to look at the world through a different lens and to get new perspective. Mm. And so every conversation we design at Life Circles is designed to bring out these three elements. Honesty, vulnerability, and perspective uh, to, to your most burning questions. So, so it's not only designed around the burning, the theme of the overall Life Circle is, of course, one burning question. But then mm. from there, we go into each person's burning questions and try to see how can we um, have honest, vulnerable conversations that give each person perspective to what they're really thinking and feeling in the moment? So those are the three elements that we designed for. I love that. That is so deep, brother. And I and I love just how each of them is so um, is a whole body of work in itself. Vulnerability. There's a whole bunch of work you can continue to do on yourself to open that up. Honesty. There's a whole bunch of work you can do on yourself to open that up. And shifting perspectives is a whole bunch of openness that you can work on to open that up. So the art of conversation is something you can literally toil on and work on. I, I absolutely adore that. So coming back to my question was, what are some of the biggest takeaways that you found in this space? Like, you know, because we're having conversations around, you mentioned before, like a loneliness and reconnection. Don't let me program the answer. Please, what were some of the biggest takeaways that this community came out with that you found most surprising? So, um, so, so I think there were a few things that really stand out for me. And I think mm-hmm. one of them, um, one of them really is that, that that was the peak of everything that was that there were two kinds of people in the room or two kinds of connection and disconnection in the room. One were people who were so connected to um, what they were doing in the world every single day that it was leading to burnout and it was uh. leading to exhaustion and, 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 and mental tiredness. And, and, and they were so, you know, raring to go, just go, keep going every single day that they were so connected, they felt in their definition of, to what they wanted to do out there in the world, mm. that it was actually um, leading to them not prioritizing themselves first. And mm. so they were so connected to the work they were doing that they were they had forgotten that true connection starts with themselves. Mm. Um, and, and there was another spectrum of people, which was the exact opposite number, which was the one which I was most surprised about, mm. which was people who, who are so, who want to do so much in the world, but who are so connected to themselves that they keep prioritizing themselves first without doing the work. So, so it leads more towards a I wouldn't call it laziness, but it leads to procrastination. 
saying, mm. hey, let me learn another course or let me do another yeah. retreat or let me take more care of myself before I actually go out there in the world and do what I need. Let me get it perfect. <laughs> and then once it's perfect, perfect is synonymous with procrastination. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, so I love so, that. So when people saw either ends of the spectrum, they saw the mm. opposite end of the spectrum, they realized, holy shit, that you know, there's this entire spectrum of connection and disconnection. Mm. People on the burnout side are really looking to do exactly what this group of people are doing. Right. And this group of people are doing, looking to do exactly this. So it was more about us coming together and sharing our perspectives on what it means to be on either side to create a midway, which is exactly where we designed a first aid well-being kit. Taking in mind perspectives of both sets of people, experience of both sets of people, wisdom of both sets of people, to design something that works as a blanket overall for everyone, but also which is individual to every single one. Perfect. Sid, can I ask you, before coming into this, did you have the awareness perhaps that this is where people were at or was this something that precipitated through the, through the event? So um, the question was something that I was reading into as the undercurrent, mm. but livestock, like I said, is designed on the primary principle of vulnerability which mm. means that I, as a host of Life Circles, the only thing I, am, I hold myself responsible for is creating the space and designing the experiences. Mm. Outcomes is something I'm unattached to. Right. And that, gets, that emerges through the course of the three uh, or four day experience. And what I hold is that I'm going, I attach myself to the kind of space I want to hold and the kind of what I want to design for within the experiences. But in terms of final outcomes is something that, the collective wisdom of the group of people who, who sit in that circle, it emerges from there. And that for me is the beauty of um, the experience itself. Because I'm very clear with people when they show, before they show up for life circles, right? That if, if you are afraid of uncertainty and if you want like a minute by minute agenda, what's going to happen, this is not an experience for you. Mm. Because the way the agenda or the experience is crafted is defined and co-created by you. So, for example, all I know walking into the experience is day one is go all about building a relationship with yourself. And I create space for that to happen through activities and games. Day two is about creating an experience a relationship with your core community and your closest friends and family. And, and day three is about bringing it all together. That's the level of design I have. What happens within each day is something I curate, but I'm not attached to. Mm. Yeah, I, f- I find that really fascinating, just, the, just the, the level of space that you're holding because obviously, yeah, the insights that are dropping in and holding space and the amount of vulnerability than that that is calling on you is, um, is really, really cool. And so in that, there's a whole conversation to be had around collective wisdom, right? Because obviously there's you that's sitting there or just holding space and then, you know, these ideas of like perhaps people being on one spectrum or another spectrum and this just happens to be the topic of this life circle, but there's so many different life circles where people are coming together. Um, like, uh, and you know, I myself have this gathering back home called Mandala Moments and people have started opening up their homes for conscious conversations all over Australia now. Um, but the, the, the idea around collective wisdom when obviously, you know, you and I have both studied a little bit about tribes and just how each member of the tribe doesn't have the same piece of wisdom because otherwise the other person becomes superfluous to the grand design of it all, right? And so, the, but the power of collective wisdom when people come together, can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. I think Amrit, the 
the one thing that's blown my mind consistently over the past year and a half since I've started Life Circles is the power of collectivism. Um, and, and every single time I experience it, it blows my mind to another degree altogether. Um, I think that um, collectivism is all about using the experiences, the unique stories, the unique lessons that each one of us holds and putting it all in a space that it can it can brew and it can give back to each person what they need in that moment not what they want but what they need mm. um and i think collectivism is the one thing that uh in a world which we are living in today where um there are so many complex scenarios where there is no clear um you know cause and effect collectivism is what is the thing that people groups of people come together to really discuss problems and together use each one's experience to then draw out solutions uh unlike complex you know complex and complicated and there's a difference between complicated and complex problems right complex problems are those problems where there is no clear cause and effect which means that it un, which means that it does an expert in the room cannot give a solution because unlike complicated problems an expert himself does not know what's the cause and what can be the potential effect and this right. is where things like human culture things like um you know uh, when you're when you're studying culture within companies or when you're studying um things that happen with, within each one of our lives right these are com- complex problems which cannot be the same solution that someone else applied cannot be applied by you so this is where collectivism the power of collectivism comes in where you hear get perspective of how someone else has applied something in their own life and then you apply a version of it or whatever you want to take mm. from it into your own life and and the magic happens when you get multiple perspectives to the same problem that you have so say i have a question and one of the questions that came up which which really stuck with me during this life circle is um how do i forgive myself how do i forgive myself mm. a question like that no amount of reading a book no amount of watching someone else speak about it no amount of any any other form of knowledge that's out there is going to help you do that mm. Ex- but there is a the same person who asked this question got 12 different perspectives from 12 different human beings who lived 12 different lives and stories and that perspective is something that he had brewing in in this person's head and he takes out exactly what he needs to get from it and trust me amrit he walked out the last day saying this is a question that i've held on to me for the last 8 years in my life mm. and i'm walking out feeling healed feeling like a different person because two things happened with that collectivism one is he feels he no longer is alone he's no longer the only person who feels that way and there are other people who felt that way before yeah. and the second he's also got perspective from 11 other people or 12 other people in the room who given him potential solutions without trying to give him advice they've mm-hmm. shared their own story and so now he walks out not just feeling less lonely and alone but also more empowered to apply mm. some of these for his in his own way and and i think that's where the the, the magic of our collectivism comes in which is get as many perspectives as possible mm. to the problem that you're facing before you 
find one that works best for you. Yeah. 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 I think that's uh, that's really poignant. It talks about both the, the two really yummy bits being a, that, Hey, like not, you're not on this journey alone, you know, like other people have, you know, surfaced through what you're going through, uh, surf through what you're going through. And also the other bit being that, yeah, you may actually learn something that can actually help you reconstitute a blueprint, a model, uh, a technique that can actually help you navigate, um, the thing that you've got the burning question around. So, Tell us, we've talked a little bit about life circles and the and the prognosis but, and the and the process and like you know the prognosis of everything that came through. But let's talk a little bit about the challenges that we face in modern day society around connections. So obviously, it's a really yummy conversation to be having with you right now because there is life circles, which is an event that is facilitating connection. And then you just did an event communicating, talking, burning questions around connection. Um, and you mentioned a little bit around where this came from for in terms of life circle and where the questions came from. Um, but obviously, there are some pain points in modern day society, in the way things are things are evolving. Um, you know, what are what are, what are what is at the crux of um, some of the challenges that we face with connection in or hyper like you know connection hyper connection the way you you articulate it at the moment. So um, I think if I had to distill this, it would be in, I love distinctions actually because it helps me really. So I'm going to speak in the form of distinction, some of the major distinctions that I think um, um, basically classify the challenges that we're facing in connection today. The first one is, I think, the distinction between being and doing. Ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's a serious topic. I just got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I think... So many of us forget that we are, of course, human beings and not human doings. And mm-hmm. even to show up at retreats and events, more and more retreats and events and experiences are also becoming more about what can we make more people do? Forgetting that the whole concept of, of a lot of these experiences is to help them just be mm-hmm. and, and, and to create a space where people are okay just being is the best thing you can do as someone who's organizing an experience of this kind. And also is the thing that most people need in the world today. So I think that's, that's one of the big, biggest challenges. And it was also an outcome of, of this experience, of this life circle, right? People blew it like one afternoon. We just gave them the entire afternoon off to just be in the winter sun, sleeping for two hours out on green grass mm-hmm. with nothing but really good music playing in the background. <laughs> and it was a surprise, right? People expected like a really... Uh, intense session or something to happen, but yeah, more doing, more doing, more doing. <laughs> we basically went out there and get the guys and said, "Here's your afternoon siesta. Enjoy it, savor it. Listen yeah. to the sounds, listen to the smells, and just be." Mm. And trust me on it, that just blew people's mind. And for me, something as simple as that is one of the biggest challenges we're facing today. Where people, I wish more people took the time to just be. So being versus doing is is one of them. The second one is that also showed up in, 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 the, in our event was the, dis, the difference between getting things done and things worth doing. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Tell us getting more. things done is the more that we are, are so trained to be in. Let's, let's get this done. That's this list of getting things done. Like, let's get another thing done. Like, you know, and, and so we're so trained to um, 
to judge ourselves and our success through how productive we are by get how many things we get done. But how many of us really stop to ask ourselves, what out of that list is something that is really a thing that's worth doing? Wow. And for me, in that exact distinction is the difference between being productive on one side, which is things getting things done, and being mm. creative on the other side. Which is what mm. is it that worth doing? What is it that I really want to create? Is it what feels right to me? And I think that's the second challenge of, of, if, of modern day society where not enough people are asking themselves this question. And I think the third one, um, is of course this, this one that I, um, that I already spoke about, which is alone versus lonely. Mm. I think it's super important. Um, in this, in, all of us adult know that we live in a world where mental health and loneliness is at reaching its, um, you know, mental health is, is a big, big, big spoke, you know, it's a challenge and it's something that people are talking about and loneliness is something that is increasing so much. So yeah, even so much so they've got like the depression, anxiety, psychosis are now being labeled as diseases of loneliness. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think what's happening because of this is that a lot of people think that the biggest way to combat loneliness is to be around other people. And, 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 and there's this long, last thing of finding your tribe, finding your community. And I think that's super important. And I think we do that at Life Circles as well. But I think it's equally important to understand how you can spend time alone with mm. yourself. Yep. And how do you build a better relationship with yourself which where you're okay being alone with yourself? And, and that's okay too. Like getting, finding that balance between being alone with yourself and being okay with that and finding your closest set of people who who fuel you? Who who are your cheerleaders? Who who are really good for your well-being? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that balance is what will help people address this question of of loneliness better. And and I think that is something that I think is the other challenge. I love that. Those are those are three really great distinctions: uh, being human being versus human doing. And uh, I love the distinction between being productive and being creative. That's that's really, really cool. That's really, really cool. I really, there's a lot of value in that. And the conversation around loneliness and actually like be, like being feeling lonely and actually being alone. I think there's a, there's a, like we can pry that open a little bit further. Like what are some of the, like you mentioned journaling helps you stay present a lot. Um, but like what are some of the things that help you um, or you know that are really good tools for uh, spending time alone. Like, how do you like? Because I know a lot of people, and this is when I say a lot of people, even just my own experience from about you know a few years ago, maybe a bit more. Um, just spending time alone. Like, I I would rely on this thing a lot, you know. And I just call my friends. I'd be on the phone a lot, communicating because connection is one of my highest value. And I was just always on the phone, having a chat for thirty minutes was not a non-issue. You know what I mean? Um, and but cultivating that space and time to be with myself I actually learned that a lot from my partner who's more of an introvert she spent more and more time with herself but then also saw how creative she was from that alone time and I was like actually maybe I need to learn how to healthily spend some time alone and like even just being alone like the the um the space of boredom is such a such a yummy bedrock for creativity to flourish but we don't exercise boredom in any way anymore because we're so ready to jump to the next distraction um but yeah what do you what do you find helps with like encouraging like navigating your way through boredom let's just say that or like how to be alone 
So I think um, there are these traditional practices of that most of us know, know about already, right? Which is meditation and reconnecting with yourself through meditation, and of course journaling um, and, and and you know and, and expressing your gratitude. Um, something that I, I have learned recently that has caused a huge spike in how I'm able to spend time alone with myself is really savoring. Is the art of savoring? Is the art of really um, slowing down mm. to, 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 to smell the things around me, to, to see the things around me more, more vividly, to, to, um, to take my hands and, and you know, draw something. And um, uh, to really, in this world where we're so trained to speed up, to really slow down and savor exactly what's happening around you uh, for a, a few seconds longer, even all to even to an extent that it gets a little uncomfortable for you. <laughs> nice. Engage yeah. with the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for me, even this comes down to small things like even in the morning, I mean, we've all been told, um, don't look at your phone in the morning. Everyone, I mean, everyone encourages us not to look at social media and stuff. Yeah. How I combine that with savoring is taking that moment a moment longer in bed in the morning just to open my eyes and Instead of just getting straight into action about, okay, this is the first thing I want to do. I want to get to even meditation. I want to even get to journaling. Taking that one second longer or five seconds longer, just mm. open my eyes and to just see in that moment. Um, I, I think has, it's a very small thing, Amrit, but I think savoring every single moment around you and really using your five senses to the maximum ability you can is, is I think, something that is the simplest thing that each one of us can um, Add to our lives, and and this can the way it shows up can be very very different, right? From smells, like I've realized personally that I love like one of the best ways I like to savor the environment is the smell, mm-hmm. the smell of um, the rain or the smell of wet grass mm-hmm. or the smell of like lemongrass is one of my favorite smells. So having that in my house so that it it reminds me of I am here, you know, or mm-hmm. walking out in the sun and 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 feeling the the warmth of the on you these things seem like obvious but i feel feel like um one of those beautiful ways to just be alone and not need anything else not even need a podcast uh to listen to where you just have everything that you need is out there it's just you have to look more closely uh so i think this is one of the things that has helped me the most in the last beyond uh, meditation and beyond journaling i think this is one thing that I've, i'm learning and i'm still in the process of learning and applying to my own life um yeah i love this there's a uh, there's go oh sorry <laughs> i was just going to share <laughs> you go you're the guest <laughs> um the second thing is also journaling for gratitude that's something i always did mm. um but recently i've started journaling to to really make it a log of my thoughts and emotions. Mm. And that has been another really like, huge game changer for me. Like instead of just journaling gratitude, sometimes there are thoughts and emotions that you want to acknowledge to yourself mm. um, about and just want to like express to yourself. And I, and I have this fun little thing that we have, we have done it. Like something, if sometimes something is really troubling me, annoying me, and it's taking a lot of mind space, Mm. Um, I literally make a column, two columns, um, and I started on the, on the left hand side. I basically write my lower self, 
Right. And on the right hand side, I write my higher self. Mm. Um, and literally on the lower self, I express all those thoughts and all those emotions basically that are pulling me down about that particular sin- scenario or that situation. So it's whether it's, whether it's anger, it's about being upset, it's about being sad, it's about being disappointed. And on the right hand side about my higher self is where I, I speak about the same things that I'm feeling from, a, from the higher emotions of, of positivity, of possibility, of hope, of, um, of, of joy and, and seeing what could potentially spark joy or give me all of those emotions in that, in that particular situation. And I think just doing this exercise helps me be a little bit more conscious about the fact that both of these emotions reside inside me at that given moment, but it's about consciously acknowledging both. Mm. And now it's almost become a beautiful writing meditation of sorts for uh-huh. me. Just be alone with myself um, and check in with myself when I need it. I think that's really what it is. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's like, it's cool because you found a way, like you are actively doing something, but your doing is like checking in with your being. So I like that whole journaling hack that you've got going there. It's like, how am I feeling? And it's like, well, I'm doing something like I'm writing, but it's like, well, how am I being right now? You know, and it's like, well, I'm being like this and I'm being like that. And then taking that a step further and like, how can I flip this and sort of look at the, the positive in that? That's awesome. What I was going to say um, was, you know, I'm a little bit crazy as you well know, <laughs> but uh, I thought something that you would appreciate is just like, I, I found when you were saying savor the moment, I totally connected to what you were saying. So like I have these little weird ritualistic processes all throughout my day, which is like when I shower, like I kind of pray to the water, you know, it's like I kind of have a connection with the water because water is like a blessing, right? It's just, it's amazing that we have fresh, clean water. It cleans us inside, outside. So I just take a moment to just pray to it when I'm under the shower, you know, and I remember like just what it means. And the days that I forget, it's like, oh yeah, you're in a rush, you know, and these moments act like little checkpoints and they're like, I can tell when I'm like present and not present. And one that I thought you'd really like is when I water the plants, I like talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> like I actively talk to them. So I'm like, hey, mate, how you going today? And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's making sure that I'm engaged with the process. And now from the outside looking in, I'm a complete kook. Like I totally understand that, right? But it's helping me, but it's helping me build a relationship and slow down in the moment knowing that the plant is alive, you know, it's got a life and it's like, and I embrace my crazy. Um, but then also like when, while I'm hydrating it, just like, and I know I thought you'd like it because it's like, it's got conversation in it, you know? It's like I'm stopping to have a conversation <laughs> with like to savor the moment because it's like, and oftentimes I'll be like, I'm this crazy guy, right? Like I'll be walking down the street and I'll be walking my dog and I generally walk her off the lead and we'll just have had dinner and I'll be walking down the street and I'll look at her and I'll be like, so ice cream? And she'll be, she, and she's not responding, right? But I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. I did have one a couple of days ago, so maybe not this, but you know, I do, I do like, they've got that new chocolate hazelnut flavor. So maybe, maybe just one, maybe just one. And I'm like talking to her, like she's talking back to me. And it's just like this whole engagement where I'm super, super present to the moment, to my needs, my desires. And I'm bouncing off my dog and people are walking past me like, dude, he's actually talking to the dog. Like that dude's gone. (laughs) He's on another planet right now. But yeah, cultivating these moments to be super, super present and like, how you engage with the moment, whether you stop to smell the roses or, you know, take moments to be really present. I think, um, I think that's, I think that's really, really beautiful. And like a really simple one that we installed was um, just making the intention to go out to dinner, but leaving our phones at home. 
You know, it was just mm. like real easy. It's just like, okay, we're going to go out to dinner. Yep, sweet. All right, can we leave our phones at home? And it's like, ooh, okay. And then we're like, we're at dinner and now we're like talking and like we have some really amazing conversations and there is still that impulse where it's like, oh, I just want to Google that or I just want to show you this image off Google or I just want to Facebook like this. And it's like, but I don't have that access and that ability now. So I use, I have to describe, so I have to connect and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really poignant, poignant sort of thing you drive home. So on the flip side to that, I'd love to, because just because I know who you are and like the role you play at Mind Valley and just how incredibly like the tribe effect that you instill in others really is. I know Life Circles is a beautiful tribe. Um, how do we find our tribe on the other side of like being able to spend time alone? You know, like how does one go about, you know, finding the tribe and finding like-minded people and why is that so important? I guess both, both those questions. Great question. And I think, um, one of the biggest things I've learned again, Amrit, again, it's a distinction. It's just, mm. I, it, I love distinctions because it helps. Um, it is just something that I love covering my world through. And one of the biggest distinctions I've, I've realized recently is everyone's telling us to find like-minded people. Mm. But actually in this world that we're living in right now, we're looking for like-hearted people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think there's like like-minded people you will find when you, you see if you're studying something together or if, if, if you know, if you're, you have same interests of uh, whatever you're doing out there in the world. But if you want to really be, you want to find people who are like hearted, who, who are able to create the space for you, who are able to um, give you energy, the kind of energy you need. And, and so uh, this is also an exercise that we did in the second day of life circles where we were really, we sat down to audit our relationships. Like how, we do financial audits, we do audits of our goals, but how often do we sit down to audit our relationships, right? So we say, hey, let's sit down to audit our relationships. And my girl, said, I'm, not, I'm not bringing my girlfriend to a life circle. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, I, think I, you and, you and, I think you and Kay will, on that audit, you guys are like, we <laughs> couples and partners and <laughs> You have no problem. Touch <laughs> Please, I, I, sorry, I interrupted you. No <laughs> problem. You're conducting an audit for relationships. Correct. So, so in terms of um, the relationship audit, one of the things we said is we realized that we evaluate so, the health of so many of our relationships or the people in our lives by their length and not really the depth. Mm. So, so we often look back and we say, okay, I've known this person for 10, you know, 10 years and yeah. of course we're really good friends. There's nothing to oh. be, of, there's no of course there, right? Mm. And, um, and so to be really honest with ourselves and list down some of the, con the relationships that really matter to us, just list it down on a simple page and, and then really ask yourself, um, Evaluate those relationships across three different parameters, right? The first parameter is um, dependability, hmm. right? How, 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 how often can you depend on this person to, on, on, if you're having a bad day, can you really depend on this person to, um, to can, you, can this person be one of those people that you can call on to, to say, hey, 
I'm having a bad day or I'm just having a shitty day, not waiting for advice, but just being able to express that side of you to this person. Mm. Is that one of those people? Are those one of those people that you can call on? So dependability is one of them. Second one is um, how often are you communicating? Because it's known that the more often you communicate with people, the more deeper your connection is. And those are the people that you will um, build higher, better relationships with over a long period of time. And I mean, it's, it's not surprising that some of your best friends are the people you meet every couple of weeks or, or months or, or even days, right? Whereas some people you haven't met in a long, long time often don't tend to be your closest set of friends or a closest set of people. And, and so if there are relationships in your life, like your, your family, and if you're living away from them, or if you are living away from your siblings, how can you communicate with them consciously more often? so that you are building a deeper relationship with them, with them as well. So rate of communication, um, dependability, and, and the third thing is very, very important. It's how often are they sparking joy in your life? Mm-hmm. How often are they able to make you smile the way just like you are smiling right now? <laughs> right? How often are they able to give that for you and create Actually. that kind of mood <laughs> for you? Yeah, because right. when it's, 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 it's something that we take for granted, but off, each one of us wants to surround ourselves with people who spark joy in our lives. Right? And the more we are surrounding ourselves with such people, the more um, the better our relationships are. So just be honest with yourself, list down the, the relationships that really matter to you and audit them across these three parameters and ask yourself, be, be very, very honest with yourself and ask yourself, which of your longest relationships, especially, how do they rate on these three parameters? Mm. And if they don't rate high, then ask yourself, are you really, are these relationships the ones that really matter to you or are you just taking these them for granted? In? Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Hey, question about point number two, right? So often, how often are you communicating? There's this concept that, um, you know, some people have low maintenance friends. You know, people that you may not see for like six months, but then when you do see them again, you pick up right where you left off and there's a really deep understanding. Um, what, what do you think about that? Totally. I think I have a lot of such friends uh, who fall in that category. And I think the, which is where the other two parameters come in. So it's not mm-hmm. any parameter in isolation. So you basically see, okay, this person is someone I don't communicate often with, but yeah. whenever I meet them, they spark joy in my life. And they are probably one of the first few people I can call when I'm having a bad day. Mm. So overall, as an overall audit of right. across those three parameters, that relationship still stands very, very strong. But there are some people I speak to every single day, but that don't spark joy in my life. Mm. Right? And, and, and they are not someone who I can call upon. So yeah. that is, but they are someone we speak to every single day. Right. Yeah. So yeah. then how does that relationship stand? So it gives you a, a way to compare, really audit and compare which relationships yeah. really matter to you. Wow, that's really powerful. That's really powerful. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So brother, what is the most exciting thing that's coming up next? I'm conscious that I've only got so much of your time and there is so much that I could speak your brain about. But tell me, like Life Circles is going on. There's heaps going on in that space. You're learning all this about conversations. What is the thing that excites you most that is pulling you forward at the moment in life? So um, there are a few things I'm excited. So I think the, the one thing that I'm most excited about right now, so I am... Um, I had the I was I, I was super grateful to have 
uh, given a TED talk earlier this year, TEDx talk yeah. earlier this year, on how do we have conversations that matter. And Go um, check it out. Te- uh, Sid's an amazing public speaker. <laughs> thank you, brother. So I think they're releasing it in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, okay. So I'm looking forward to that. But one of the things that happened when I gave that TEDx talk is um, I realized that um, in that, that TEDx talk, basically, I share uh, the three ingredients that make any conversation meaningful, but also a six-step recipe for cooking a meaningful conversation with your own community or with your own friend, with your hmm. own family. Um, and, and, and so anyone can replicate that, that process. Um, what I want to do is um, now give people examples of what such conversations could be. Right. So I want to really start uh, uh, a podcast where I, I basically speak to people about the conversations that really matter to them. So, and, and really, really share... Uh, like create examples for other people to have these conversations because mm. I believe we have examples for everything but we really don't have, have examples of other people having these conversations because they often mm. happen in private or they happen wise uh, in very wise yep 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 makes sense so can I ask you quickly what is what is the six steps to yeah 100% so, so um so think of this as a recipe. So you have ingredients, and I shared the three ingredients with you, which is uh, vulnerability, honesty, and perspective. Yep. The, the, the six steps are literally a recipe for cooking a really great conversation. The first uh-huh. one is a check-in. This is, this, this is the step that we often forget in so many conversations because we're often thinking about what's going to happen before a conversation or what's going to happen after. But a check-in yep. is an effective way for us to Connect. Really be present at that moment mm. and then check in to what's happening. So check in is the first one. Check in with the person of how they are doing, how they arrive into the conversation mm. so that you're not jumping in but arriving into the conversation. So check in. Um, the second one is open-ended questions, right? Uh, Asking yeah. open-ended questions or being curious about what's happening in each other's life um, yeah. and, and asking powerful open-ended questions. I start with why, how, what, um, before getting to yes or no questions. So these are open-ended questions that don't have yes or no answers that, that help you understand the person at a greater level of depth. Then the third one is, of course, the, the one that I love the most, and this is what we always do every single time which we, we meet, right? And this is why I love our conversation, <laughs> is That's sharing right. stories, sharing stories, yeah. right? And writing short stories instead of advice. So mm-hmm. ask, often asking the person, when was the last time you did this? Or when was the last time you know or just sharing stories of what's happening in each other's life um and when was the last time is one of my favorite ways to spark stories because often your your mind both your minds of people who are involved in the conversation they get lost in that story and suddenly that little silent thing that always kills most of our conversations which is our ego gets Mm -hmm. silenced because now you're lost in thought and you're like recollecting those moments and you're drawing them out um right so Stories, and then the next one is um, probably the one thing that most people take back um, from life circles, and it's about realizing that silence is a part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, and and um, we learn as much through our silences as through our words, um, and and so it's about really realizing the art of being silent. And, and, and just listen to exactly what is being said without having this chatter of your own thoughts and emotions and your willingness or your need to respond back. 
just being silent and just listening. Uh, so that's another, that's the fourth thing. And, and the fifth thing is something I call being a mirror, um, which is that most conversations do not work out the way they're supposed to because one of the two people in the conversation do not feel understood. And, and being a mirror is really about hearing, being silent, listening to the person and then saying what I'm hearing you say is. Ah, reflecting back. Yeah, cool. And reflecting back exactly what the person is talking about. And, and that also gives you an opportunity for you to have shared what your understanding, which might be right or wrong or might, might not be exactly what's being said, right? Um, and just every time I've done this, Amrit, it's changed my understanding of the conversation and how the person uh, feels. And then finally, um, leaving the conversation, just like you checked in, leaving the conversation with a checkout. So leaving with one thought, one emotion, one perspective that you, you share with the other person, saying, hey, this, I love this conversation, Amrit, because this, the perspective I got from this was X. Something as simple as that. Because the moment you do that, now that conversation has been entrenched in your head. Mm. And, and so these are the six simple steps that you can adopt to any conversation that you have. And uh, yeah, and add meaning to it through the scope of these. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I have a question around that. And I know I was trying to like, yeah, anyway, back to the question. <laughs> do you think, because what you're sharing is quite innate, right? Like, obviously, I know for myself, like, I talk too much, so I need to learn to listen more. And I've been on that journey, and podcasting's really helped me with that. You know, in terms of actively listening, I've spent the last two and a half years podcasting, and like, my ability to listen has gotten much, much better through an active process of going through, like, and learning and, like, actually developing that skill. And I'm really excited for your podcast, rather. I can't wait. <laughs> um, but what I really wanted Thanks, to man. tune into was, like, do you think that these were skills that were perhaps inherent? and over time have been eroded? Great question. Um, great question. I think they, we were wired to sit in, in circles around fires and listen to our forefathers and our grandfathers sharing stories where we didn't have to say anything in return or in response. So if you ask me, 100%, we were, as human beings, wired to sit and just listen. Um, but I think the more and more society has progressed, uh, the more and more people speaking has been valued over people being silent. Mm. And people, and, and it's often misunderstood, mis like if you have something to say, it's misunderstood as you're the more confident, you're the more whatever person. Whereas if you have nothing to say and you're just listening, that is often undervalued, even in corporate scenarios and environments. Totally. So to answer the question, I think, we are wired to listen. If we really want to, we are wired to listen. Um, and it's just about us remembering something we already know about ourselves. Um, and, and so in order for us to remember, one of, I use a simple hack and we use this at Lifestyle as well. Like every single person, when they're speaking, they have a talking piece in their hand. Mm. So when the person who has a talking piece is the only person who's speaking with uh, intention, but the moment the person who's speaking with the talking piece, everyone else sees, okay, this person has a talking piece. Everyone else just listens with attention. So that little hack is like a reminder. They, they, they say, okay, I don't have a talking piece. Oh, this person has a talking piece. Oh, this person's speaking. So let me just listen without having to respond. So you, you can't judge in. You can't like have like express your own thoughts. You just purely listen. 
And the more and more we, we've done that, it retrains our brain to really just listen without having to respond. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I felt that. And I think it's really interesting just how we've evolved. And I love the the way you've coined it as life circles as well. And the whole idea of sitting by the fireside and how conversation is innate to our evolution obviously speaks to inspired evolution, which speaks to me as well, which is amazing. And, uh, and yeah, genuinely, brother, really, really, really excited excited for your podcast now the podcast is on its way to coming out but for those that really want to connect into life circles the work that you're doing obviously i'm connected to you on facebook and it's always a pleasure to follow your journey but what is the best way to connect with sid so so instagram right now is is the best way through our, the, our life circles is what our instagram handle is called uh, our website is also called ourlifecircle.com so mm-hmm. that's where you can check out our upcoming retreats so we have physical retreats that we do twice or thrice a year uh, which we're doing again next year. But we also are coming up with an exciting um, card game, uh, Amrit, which I'm also very excited about, which is going to help more people spark meaningful conversations. Uh, and, and that's going to be out uh, on our website by the end of this year. Uh, awesome. and I'm excited to have that in the, in the hands of as many people as possible so that people have like a physical tool that they can use to spark these conversations. And it sounds like it's um, going to be fun as well. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's one element that I infused everything that we create. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, so our life circles on Instagram and our life circle.com. Uh, that's that's uh, the best way to connect with life circles. Me personally, follow me on Facebook or Instagram. That's probably where I'm not on Facebook as much, but Instagram is probably the best way. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and sharing everything here today. And as always, brother, I know that, you know, the journey of personal development is not just in the moment, even though we spend a lot of our time in the eternal now, just taking a moment to acknowledge all the work that you do on yourself. And, you know, like we've been connected for a few years now, and it's been a real blessing just to be walking by your side and on this path and yeah, just witnessing your growth and my growth together. It's, it's really something. So thank you for all the work that goes into you being who you are. Um, you inspire me and wishing you all the best as always, brother. Thank you so much, Andre. This was such a pleasure, man. It's always so nice to connect with another brother who smiles without <laughs> uh, just because it sparks so much joy. This was yeah. such a conversation. Thank you, man. Love you, bro. Bye. Take care. Hey, tribe. Thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health, and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe.